Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister, Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. In today's mini-sode, we are sharing a new Steal This Tip, a simple strategy that's helping us be more fulfilled, mindful, or happy in our daily lives. Today's tip is change the plan. So this is a meta topic because we have changed our own plan for the podcast this week. Yes. We plan to release our first full episode of season two called How to Make Time for What Fuels You, which will go along with the free tool of the same name that we have created. But as we were preparing for that episode and creating that tool, we were both feeling really stressed about polishing and testing the guide and getting ready for the episode. So we took a step back and thought, why not release one more mini-sode before getting back to full episodes? We would be a lot less stressed and the guide would be better because we didn't rush it out. So it felt like such a relief when we were both good with that new plan because <laughs> we don't, Jill and I don't want to let each other down. Sometimes we'll just barrel through, which is definitely my tendency. Right. Um, <laughs> and I t- I've mentioned this before that I just get laser focused on the goal and lose sight of the why I'm doing it or perhaps more effective ways to accomplish it. Right. And neither of us wants to be the one to say like, oh, let's not do what we originally planned and feel like we're the ones who are not following through or being a slacker. Right. Derailing things. Right. <laughs> so it helps to practice the pause, which was our tip from the last minisode, and think, what if we did this another way or not at all? And those three words, what if we open up a whole range of possibilities uh, beyond what you might have considered? Yes. And I also power through things sometimes and will get really focused on plan A, even if that's no longer the best plan. It can be difficult to kind of step back and be like, is this what we want to be doing still? So in this case, it was such a relief when you texted me with a what if we idea for these episodes. I was on my way to the airport from flying home from a weekend trip and feeling tired and I, I've lost my voice, as you may be able to tell. Um, so <laughs> I was just kind of scrambling and like, how am I going to get this to, to work and expecting like a, a late night of barreling through and getting this thing done and probably not being totally happy with anything, which is mm-hmm. not the best way to go into a project. Right. And rushing out the guide that we've worked on and then also putting pressure on Darren to lay it out, which wouldn't have been fair making him skip the gym, you know, because right. we had this deadline to meet. Exactly. Which is a self-imposed deadline. And even <laughs> though we liked that idea of this week being when we did all those things, Practicing the pause gave us that space to explore another option, and we hope produce something that's better as a result. So one analogy for this is to think like a chef and pivot. So if what you've planned to do isn't working, the dish you plan to make is not turning out the way you expected, what new plan can you make on the fly? And what alternative options do you have? And one of my absolute favorite books is An Everlasting Meal by Tamar Adler. And if I've ever talked to you about cooking or eating, I've probably mentioned this book because it's amazing. I haven't read it, but I've read parts of it. And oh, it good. is really beautiful. And yeah, it's beautifully written. It's, you know, part cookbook, part memoir, part just life philosophy. And all of its chapters have kind of fun, whimsical 
titles like how to paint without brushes and how to teach an egg to fly. <laughs> You're getting me curious to read more. <laughs> I know. And it's all like these really kind of abstract ideas that she distills into really practical day-to-day things. It's, it's a gorgeous book. Everyone go get a copy. But um, <laughs> one of the chapters is how to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Which I love I- this title. <laughs> I love it. It's so visual. I can just imagine this like I shark. And, <laughs> and I, I use this phrase all the time. Like Brian and I have started using it just about life stuff. You know, <laughs> I like it because it's just a little dramatic, as Darren says, about the things, the way I phrase things often. <laughs> yes, um, I am also just a little dramatic sometimes. <laughs> so it appeals to me. So I talk about it in cooking for sure. Um, but also just when, you know, things go awry. And so in the chapter, she says, it is inevitable that at some time something will go wrong. And when it does, there will be something you can do to make it right. You must first allow the possibility that something that happens unintentionally is not necessarily bad. I love that. Yeah, I love that because, you know, sometimes things happen that are surprising, but they're not necessarily bad. And she gives examples of, you know, burned vegetables being turned into baba ganoush or another dish or, you know, serving broken cake in tall glasses with fruit and whipped cream and calling it trifle. Yeah, um, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, and no one has to know what it was supposed to be originally. Right. Um, you don't need to that, share that with anyone, you yeah. know, because it's good just the way it is. <laughs> exactly. Like, if they don't know what it was supposed to be. <laughs> so she writes that as a new chef, she once burned a whole batch of short ribs in the restaurant she was working in. So she didn't want to waste any of the food. So she snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And she writes, so I sang a silent requiem and pulled off the bits of meat that weren't stuck, made a vinegary barbecue sauce, then let the meat finish cooking in it. It made delicious smoky sandwiches. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, just like something that could have been a total disaster. And she was able to pause, say, what if we and make a new plan. Yeah, Darren and I see this all the time on MasterChef. That's our favorite cooking competition show. We always see that the chefs, you know, if they make something that kind of falls apart mid-process, they call it deconstructed, whatever it was supposed to be. And that's like such an artsy framing. It really all is all in the marketing in some sense. It is. It is, you know. And we used to watch Top Chef um, both in the States and in Spain. And Brian and I would always get frustrated when the contestants would say, well, what I was trying to do. And then we're like, don't do that. Just go with whatever it was. It's now deconstructed X, Y, and Z. (laughs) One challenge with changing the plan is when your change of plan can affect other people. And Darren and I had an example of this over the weekend. We'd thrown Avery her third birthday party, and it was a pony party at our house. Yes, it was like the best day of her life so far because (laughs) there's a pony to ride on and a mini pony to dress up in bows and (laughs) and tiara and stuff. Yeah, it was was great. So, uh, of course, it took a lot of effort to plan to have, you know, 18 or so kids and their parents here and clean up the house. And it would have been better if we'd seen it coming that the birthday party that Evan was invited to for twin boys the next day we would be too exhausted to go but we had said yes uh the morning of we just woke up so exhausted and we just wanted to lay low and also get all the chores done for the week so we'd have a good smooth start to the week so we talked about it and i ended up texting the mom and saying look we're really sorry but we're the, you know just being honest we're super burnt out and it was at a park so it wasn't like they'd pay by the head or anything like that so we just kind of weighed like the cost benefit and for our family even though i hope her boys weren't, weren't disappointed but ultimately it was the best thing for us to cancel that plan yes and i'm sure that other parents understand other friends understand you know we've all been there 
Yes, I know. When you have little kids, it's just you're just getting through the day a lot of the time, right. <laughs> especially when you're throwing a big party. And like, luckily, it went, it, you know, it was it was great. We were super happy with it. But yeah, it was high, high energy. <laughs> sure. And to add another one into that, I mean. Yeah. And we hadn't bought the presents or anything. It was twins. So it was two presents. And it was just this a lot, you know. So um, yeah, it was in Evan, you know, we asked him and he didn't he didn't mind. So it was the best decision. Yes, I am especially resistant to changing plans when I know it will disrupt other people. But mm-hmm. I've had to do that often in the last year. You know, I've been sick or injured or just stressed out and had to like bail on a friend's birthday party or cancel longstanding plans, which I feel really bad about in the moment. But also it's people aren't going to like thank me for showing up sick to their birthday party, you know? <laughs> yeah, You are not your best self, especially no. if you get them sick. No, exactly. Like for your present, I gave you the flu. <laughs> I know. It's like with work. Like, there's a PSA, friends. If you are sick, stay home. No one wants what you have. Yes, please stay home. So uh, an example of this was a a festival earlier this year that Brian and I went to with a big group of friends. And it's, you know, a train ride outside the city. We've gone in the past and it was really fun. But this particular day, we were just stressed out about other stuff and not in a really good place to go. But we'd already said that we would go. Friends were organizing it. So we powered through and it was a very good reminder that sometimes you need to change the plan Yeah, because <laughs> we got on the train and it was super crowded. We couldn't sit down. I got motion oh. sick. It was just a bunch of stuff. So when we arrived, we were like hangry and I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> so oh, no. It was not a great start. Um, yeah, the universe is like all the signs are pointing to like, do not go to this party. Be yes. like, I'm going to go. I said no. I'm going. And I'm going to fight, like go against the grain. Yeah, exactly. So luckily we got there and we it was really, you know, we just couldn't deal with the crowds, my feeling terrible, all this stuff. And so we spent a little bit of time with friends and then we bowed out gracefully. I hope gracefully. But <laughs> We bowed out. <laughs> Went back home. I'm sure you were so relieved to get home and get PJs. Yes, and it was. It was a really, really good decision in that moment. I, I wish we had realized that earlier before we'd gone all the way there, but it was. It still worked out to change the plan even late in the game. Yes, it is all about realizing as soon as possible and then changing the plan. Yes, it's never too late. So <laughs> yeah, cut your losses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that is all for this mini-sode of Semi-Together, and we will be back with full episodes in two weeks. Tell us about a time when you changed your plan, even if you thought it wasn't a possibility and were happier for it. You can email us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to leave us a review or share the podcast with a friend who'd enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Um, Give me one second. I need to do one thing real quick. Sure. Okay. Were you playing the xylophone? (laughs) Did it sound like that? Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. I just need to step away and play my xylophone. (laughs) I just need a moment. I just need to do something. And that thing is play a little tune on the xylophone. (laughs) The music sometimes moves me.